Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode eight of Heal. I am your host, Rebecca Terry, and I'm thrilled to have you here with me today. I want to apologize in advance for any background noise. I'm recording in my office today instead of my bedroom because my six-year-old does not want to sleep in her own bed, so it's a little bit noisier in here, so bear with me. I'm grateful for all of your support, your feedback, and the love that I've been shown since I started this podcast in November. If you haven't done so already, please share my podcast with your loved ones, rate and follow on Spotify or Apple. It helps to get the word out and encourages me to continue to release these episodes. So today, I want to talk about something that I have been fascinated with for the majority of my life. Is there something else out there? Do you believe in life after death? Why do people report seeing flashes of memories from their lives during a near-death experience? Do you believe in a spiritual world? I'm going to discuss my experience with these topics and why I believe that there is more to life than what is readily transparent. Let's do this. So my very first memory as a child, I was three years old and my older sister was four. We're 18 months apart. Her and I were supposed to be taking a nap, but as kids will do, we decided to jump on the bed. We weren't tired, so we just wanted to have some fun. I had to go to the bathroom. When I came out, my sister was not in the room anymore. I remember feeling really confused. Where could she be? I looked around, and I noticed that the screen on the window was gone. So I walked over, looked down, and I saw her body laying on the grass and her head was on the cement blocks near the window well. It's hard to remember all of the thoughts and the emotions that were playing in my little mind at that time, but I do recall feeling really scared. I was mostly afraid of telling my parents that we weren't taking a nap when we were supposed to be. I don't think I understood the gravity of her falling out of a two-story window. So I sat there for what felt like a lifetime and then made my way to the stairs to tell my parents what had happened. When I left my room, however, my mom was rushing up the stairs because according to her, she got this sudden feeling that something terrible had happened and ran up the stairs to check on us. I reluctantly and tearfully told my parents that my sister fell out the window. So they ran out to the front yard and called 911 after seeing my sister laying on the ground unconscious. When she sat on the windowsill and leaned back, the screen had popped out and she fell. She should have landed directly in the window well, which is another story beneath the first level that we have in homes in Colorado, but somehow she landed in the grass. She believes that she died at some point because she recalls being on a hill looking down on a city and seeing this set of comforting eyes next to her. Like she couldn't see the body, but just the eyes. And she remembered just feeling this pure joy and contentment. But then she had this sudden thought, but my family will miss me. And the kind eyes next to her said, it's not your time yet. And she was back in her body. So later she told my parents that an angel had pushed her away from the wall because no one could explain how she did not fall straight down into the window well 
and how she only suffered apparently very minor injuries and bruises after further examination. This was the first time I realized that angels were real. I was raised in a strict Christian upbringing, so angels and demons were discussed on a fairly regular basis. I remember asking about ghosts, but was shut down pretty quickly. Everyone was supposed to go either to heaven or hell, so ghosts were not acknowledged or accepted in the Christian community. I always found it hard to accept that when I died, I would go to this place up in the sky for eternity. It sounded terrifying. My first near-death experience, at least that I can remember, I know my parents said when I was a few days old, um, I stopped breathing or had some respiratory issues and I had to be rushed to the hospital for a couple of days. I was there. But from what I can remember, um, I was in Key West and I was 25 years old and decided I wanted to learn how to ride a motorcycle. A friend of mine helped me to find a bike, which ended up being a Honda CBR 600. And if you know anything about bikes, that's a pretty fast, pretty big bike for someone who is all of 5'2", 120 pounds. But I wanted it. I was in love with it. It was beautiful. She was black and gold, and she had these gold spikes, and I was in love at first sight. But the problem was, since I was only 5'2", when I rounded up, this bike was entirely too big for me. Even after getting it dropped, like lowered, I still was tiptoeing, meaning I could not put both feet completely flat on the ground when I mounted the bike. Learning how to ride was a struggle, to say the least. I hadn't ridden a bicycle since I was a teenager, so my balance wasn't terrific, and I was afraid of crashing. These things should have been red flags to me, but I was so adamant that I was going to ride, it didn't matter. After wiping out a couple times at slow speeds, I started to get the hang of it. I had a false sense of confidence and a ton of excitement at the idea of being able to ride any and everywhere I wanted. It was a warm summer day when my friend asked me if I was ready to ride on the highway, which in the Keys, it's one lane roads going each way across bridges. So I nervously said yes, because I felt like maybe I was ready, um, at least as ready as I would ever be. I rode behind my friend and my girlfriend was on the back of his bike. Our plan was to ride the seven mile bridge to a restaurant. As I hit about 65 miles per hour, the ocean breeze was on my skin. I felt pure elation. If you have never ridden a motorcycle, it is one of the most freeing feelings you will ever have. Nothing else matters. You're immersed in the physical experience. And just as I was thinking, wow, I am really doing this. This is incredible. The wind blew me and my bike into the other lane. In the other lane was a car heading straight towards me. I had never been more afraid in my entire life. I couldn't figure out why I was suddenly in this lane riding straight towards this car and I didn't know why my body would not move my bike back into the lane she was previously in. I guess they call this freezing up in extreme states of panic and that's exactly what I did. 
So my mind was screaming at me to move, to get out of harm's way, but my body would simply not listen. I thought about possibly jumping off the bike over the cement barrier and into the ocean. I wondered if it was physically possible or if I could survive that jump. Then time literally slowed down. I saw pictures like snapshots of my life, my family, my son. It was like looking through a timeline of photos in my phone. I really thought this is it. At the very last moment before I could make impact with this vehicle, something or someone moved me and my bike back into the right lane. Only then did I hear the car horn as they barely missed me. I was squeezing the handlebars so tight I had imprints in my hands through my riding gloves. I slowed down, pulled over in this tiny emergency lane, and my friend had stopped his bike shortly in front of me and came running over. He asked if I was okay and, if, and said that he saw the whole thing in his rearview mirror. I said, nope. And he convinced me to ride the bike another half mile to the restaurant. And I felt like I had squeezed every muscle in my body for hours. The adrenaline was wearing off and I was feeling incredibly emotional. I believe my friend came back later from my bike. I don't even remember how I got home, but I was almost in shock. I survived this. (laughs) To this day, I don't know what it was that pushed me back into the right lane. I just know it wasn't me and it wasn't my time to go. I ended up selling my bike shortly after because the fear of that happening to me again was overwhelming. I had panic attacks crossing that bridge for months. Even now, if that moment pops up in my mind while I'm on a bridge, I immediately start to have troubles breathing my chest gets tight I feel like I'm going to pass out so I have to talk myself down and force myself not to think about that event the next near-death experience I had I was 26 and competing in an eight-mile obstacle course race called the Spartan race and it was in Miami Florida I was living in Key West at the time with my son and I was with my boyfriend at the time who ended up being my daughter's father and ex-husband number two. I was doing the race with a team of Navy rescue swimmers that I worked with. So I wasn't too afraid of anything except for swimming in Florida water because I'm deathly afraid of alligators. At about 10, 15 minutes into the race, we had to swim across this bay in the ocean. And we had the option to walk across the water in the shallow end But my team were all rescue swimmers. So I thought, what do I look like being the only one to walk it? I was doing okay in the beginning, but at some point I started to get pretty tired. I decided to swim towards the shallow end so I could walk the rest of the way. However, I noticed I couldn't swim closer to the shore. The current was so strong and I was too weak at that point to break through it. I immediately started to panic and started yelling for help. I couldn't see anyone over the waves, and flipping on my back was not working. I knew the worst thing to do was panic, but I couldn't help myself. It was then that I saw flashes of my life. Once again, my son popped up a lot, and I remember worrying about what he would think and how he would feel when I didn't show up at the finish line where he was waiting with my boyfriend. I didn't want to go out like that. 
How ironic would it be if I drowned in a group full of rescue swimmers? Like, seriously. Unfortunately, they were much faster than me, though, and had no idea what I was going through at the time. I was struggling to stay afloat and still trying to scream for help, almost at the point where I was going to go down, no matter what I wanted to do. I just couldn't stay afloat anymore. When this tall man came out of nowhere grabbed me, pulled me to the shallow part of the water through the current. And I can't remember his face or what he said to me, but I felt like he was my guardian angel. I hope he knows that he saved my life that day. Twice I could have been in another world, separated from my earthly body, but I truly believe I had too much unfinished business. I was meant to do great things in this lifetime, and I fully intend on doing just that. I walked away from religion officially when I was 32 years old and never looked back. I don't see God the way others may, and I do believe in something greater than myself and an unconditional love that is incomparable to any other. I believe we're all connected and our bodies are just vessels for our souls. I think that some of us are given the option to come back to earth and try it again if we have not lived the best life that we could have. I believe when we die, we will be greeted by our loved ones on the other side and we'll be free from all of our worldly emotions. I don't have all the answers. I've never physically died before, but I know for a fact that there is something greater than ourselves. No matter what you believe, what religion you are, I think it's important to remember that This life is not all there is. I truly do believe that we can do as much as we possibly can in this lifetime and fulfill our purpose. And if you don't know what that is, then I suggest looking into different things and finding your passion and giving back because gratitude and giving back creates joy. And joy is something that cannot be taken from you. It's not, I'm happy today, like happiness comes and goes. You can be happy one day and miserable the next. But when you have joy, I feel like that's something that cannot be taken away from you. I believe that our souls are energy and energy cannot die. It can only be transferred. So this body really is just a vessel and it's what we use while we're here in this earthly world. But when we die... I believe that our soul leaves our body and goes on to whatever is next on the other side. And I believe that it's going to be absolutely amazing. So don't lose hope. Believe in miracles because they exist. I am walking proof. My sister is walking proof. And I'm sure you know someone, if not yourself, who's been through a near-death experience or something that could have killed you and yet you're still here. There's a reason for that. And I honestly and truly believe that we are all here for a reason. And we've been put on this earth to do something specific. And if you don't fulfill that purpose, I think you're going to have to come back and do it over again. It's just what I believe. But I, I think we have to see the beauty in the small things. We have to remember that life is not about how much money we have in our bank account. It's not about 
um, the, how nice our house is, those things don't matter. In the end, none of that matters. In the end, what matters is how much time you were able to give to your family, what you did for mankind, what kind of person you were. At my funeral, I want people to say she was kind to everyone. She was helpful. She was funny. She loved people. I want people to know that I care. I genuinely, truly care. And I want, if there's any way that I can help someone, I want to be able to do that. It means the world to me when I see somebody who was feeling upset and I'm able to make them feel better. I mean, that's the main reason I started this podcast to begin with. I had a lot to say. I was constantly giving people advice, whether they asked for it or not. But I I wanted people to know that they're not alone and that the things that they go through are common, maybe not everything, but that there are other people who are in the same boat as you and that you don't have to do it alone, that you do have a community of people, whether they're physically present or not, you can reach out for help. So with that said, I hope that you have a marvelous day. I hope that you remember you are special, you are loved, you are not alone, you are stronger than you think you are, and that you're going to get through whatever it is that you are going through in life right now. Because there is a light at the end of that tunnel, and we're all going to get there one day. So let's make the best of this life, and let's do what we were made to do. I love y'all and I appreciate you listening. Have an awesome day.